There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The Washington Commanders are the closest they've been to coming back home to D.C. In a matter of just a few weeks, dominoes started to fall, all in favor of making the old RFK site the location for a new Commander Stadium. The first domino to fall was a change in ownership from Dan Snyder to Josh Harris. It is a day Washington sports fans have prayed would come. NFL owners have now unanimously approved the sale of the Washington Commanders to the Josh Harris Ownership Group for more than $6 billion. And the second domino came tumbling down just a week later when lawmakers on Capitol Hill said there's legislation moving through Congress that would let D.C. have a 99-year lease on the RFK site, which would allow it to build a new stadium for the Commanders. Here's City Mayor Muriel Bowser celebrating this latest move. From the moment I became mayor, I made it a point for the district to get control of RFK and control our destiny. This is not to say that we're close to a deal for a new Commander Stadium at the RFK site, but it is to say that there's an energy in the air. There's a sort of feeling that's motivated by the new owner himself, Josh Harris, who is a D.C. native and says that the spiritual home of the commanders is in D.C. and that RFK site. But many more dominoes still need to fall to make this a reality. And one of the bigger ones is getting consensus on the D.C. Council on whether it's a good idea to bring an NFL stadium to the district. On one side of the issue, at-large Councilmember Kenyon McDuffie thinks it's a good idea. People want to see their team inside the borders of the District of Columbia. They want to cheer for winning football. And on the other side, Ward 6 Councilmember Charles Allen says a new NFL stadium in the district is a waste of money and time. It's pretty clear that an NFL stadium around the country, they don't generate the jobs, they don't generate the tax revenue in return. They're not a good investment of your public dollars or good use of your land. On the show, we hear from both council members on what's going to be a huge and consequential decision for the D.C. Council. Will they bring the commanders home or will they close the D.C. off to a new NFL stadium? Councilmember Charles Allen, welcome to the DMV Download Podcast. Great to be here. Thanks so much. So there is an energy in the air if you were talking about the commanders, right? New ownership with Josh Harris. Super excited. Super exciting. You know, the city kind of got rid of Dan Snyder, who no one was really a big fan of after many years. Most uh, most despised man in sports. So good riddance. Yeah, that's fair to say. Yeah. And not only that. There's legislation moving through Congress that, you know, could potentially give D.C. full oversight and control of the RFK site for, you know, a good amount of time, enough time to do something with it. Also great news because we need to be able to have control of that land to help make decisions about what it is that we need to have on that space. Right. And so many are reading the tea leaves and they're saying, oh, wow, man, possibly the commanders could come back, you know, to their to their home. But, you know, you publish an op-ed in The Washington Post that said, wait a minute, hold on. So to start, just you know, tell us about that op-ed. Well, shocking news here. You can both be a big fan of the team, excited for new ownership, excited for training camp, and for what the fall holds on Sundays, mm. and 
you can ask tough questions about whether or not we should invest hundreds of millions of your tax dollars and dedicate huge amounts of land for a brand new NFL stadium that doesn't actually create the jobs and economic growth that people say it will. So as a policymaker, as a leader, my, my job is to try to think about how do I spend your tax dollars? How do I dedicate your land for the best use? Mm-hmm. And it's pretty clear that an NFL stadium around the country, they don't generate the jobs, they don't generate the tax revenue in return. They're not a good investment of your public dollars or good use of your land. We do, though, have a stadium deal that we're not talking about that we do need to focus on, and that is Cap One Arena downtown, where in 2027, the essentially the lease is up, and we've got to make sure that we keep that year-round activity hmm. happening at Cap One Arena. Like, there is no off-season there. They're active 250-plus days out of the year between hockey, between basketball, between concerts, between special events. That's a year-round activity that is amazing for our city. It's over $340 million worth of spending that happens in our city because of that venue. That is the economic generator that we need to focus on. By extension, I'll stop at Nats Ballpark. Nats Ballpark is a DC-owned property that we want to make sure we don't do what Atlanta and other places did, where they just kind of stop investing in their stadiums, and then all of a sudden, 15 years later, the team says, "Well, we need a new stadium." Right. We already we already built it. We need to maintain it. We've got a scoreboard that's actually out of date, light bulbs that can't be repaired. We need to be spending the money to invest in that because that also generates revenue almost year-round back. An NFL stadium simply cannot match that. Now, the first question I have is, you know, this is an either or kind of argument. We either focus on what we have and invest in it or we do, you know, the NFL stadium. But why can't it be a both and? Why can't, you know, D.C. do it all? Well, first off, we have to ask, should we? Right. So there's no doubt Sundays are fun. It's Mm. a lot of fun to go to a game. I've gone out to FedEx Field and even FedEx Field. The game time is an exciting experience. Right. So should we? It's not just a like, let's just throw money at it. We're not talking about monopoly money here. These are your tax dollars. We just finished the tightest budget that most of us can remember. I don't have limitless resources. I don't have uh, just monopoly money to say, let's just put money and just let's build a stadium. Mm. Um, Serious people need to make serious decisions and we have limited resources. We have to choose. Is that the right decision for your tax dollars? And we just know from experience, NFL stadiums do not return the way that other types of sporting venues uh, do. And so it doesn't need to be the both and because it's not a good decision of how to use your land and how to use your tax dollars. Mm. Now there's a 2020 study that kind of supports your claim that NFL stadiums on the whole do not generate economic activity. Mm-hmm. They just don't. But that same study did show that you know city pride does increase with uh, NFL stadium, big stadium. So that leads to the second question, which is, you know, is that city pride, that you know, camaraderie, that um, emotion that can bring a city together, is that worth it even though it might you know, not be a good investment? Um, we, I mean, think about what the city feels like after a a thrilling Monday night victory, right? Like there's a little extra pep in your step, right? Right. Like the city's proud. Um, and that civics, that civic pride can happen no matter where the stadium is physically located. So again, do you want to spend hundreds of millions of your tax dollars Mm -hmm for that great feeling on Tuesday morning or on Monday morning after Sunday. Um, is that worth it? I can feel just as proud of the team and have that little extra pep in my step when they win out in Landover. Um, so we got to make decisions again, like as a fan, 
I am excited about new ownership. I'm excited about a new season. I'm excited about seeing a better outcome on the field. But as an elected leader who's got to ultimately make a decision about how to spend your dollars and where do I uh, dedicate acres and acres of land for parking lots, I have to be able to take a step back from that, that fandom. Now, since your op-ed, Josh Harris has mentioned he wants to have a domed stadium, and a domed stadium brings kind of potentialities like Final Four playing, um, Super Bowl, even like Taylor Swift. You know, we kind of got snubbed here in D.C. with the Taylor Swift concerts. Does that change your calculation at all, like a dome stadium, or is it kind of still that's the same argument that you go back to? Well, a dome stadium now costs more money, so your, your price tag just got, got bigger. Mm. But um, let's think about those events, right? So domed stadiums in other parts of the country— at most, they're hosting 20 to 30 events per year. Do the math. That means that that, that's, that domed stadium sits empty more than 90% of the time out of the year. It's dark 90% of the time, and you've just dedicated a huge footprint for mm. that. Is that the right investment? Compare that to Cap One Arena or Nats Ballpark. Nats Ballpark's holding 120 to 150 events per year between baseball and special events. Uh, Cap One Arena is holding 250 plus events per year. There's just simply no off season mm. and it's active. That's why restaurants and retail and transit all work really well in that type of space. So those are the choices we have to make. We can't pretend we don't live in a world where I've got to make choices. Right. Ted Leonce's consideration of possibly moving, does that kind of scare you? Is that what's motivating kind of this, this argument? I think it focuses the acuteness of a decision that needs to be made. If that venue closed, be that wizard and caps are, are moved out of the district, be that that it, it falls apart and that becomes this, this empty space. We are focused on a downtown recovery as we need to be. We're putting tax incentives, we're putting tax deals, we're putting all kinds of things in to help rebuild our downtown, help it recover. You take away Cap One Arena, toast. Mm. Our downtown will not recover. Cap One Arena generates around $340 million of additional spending every single year. That's to our restaurants, that's to our retail, that's money that's being spent in our economy. That's a big deal. And it's simply possible because it's an everyday type of venue. There is no off season. Mm. And that's why it matters. And that's what it means to our city. So again, I have to kind of, as a big football fan, I have to kind of park my, my enthusiasm for a second and try to think about this from an investment perspective, what makes the most sense and not pretend that you know the the resources are limitless like mm -hmm. we do have limits on what we can do now you know what is your alternative here um what do you want to do with this rfk site which is an underutilized site everyone knows that and you know dc is going to probably soon get the chance to do something with it what do you want to see there absolutely it's it's a phenomenal opportunity and so we we should be supporting the legislation which appears to be bipartisan moving through congress to be able to get control of that and what we, what would we do you're sitting on top of a metro station we need to build more city. We have an affordable housing crisis, build more homes. For working families, for low-income households, for market rate, we need to build more housing in the city if we're gonna meet any of our goals. We're right on transit, right on the river. Great opportunity to also build new parks, green spaces, build new businesses, create more jobs. That's the opportunity that's at that space is literally look at a map and you see the city end on 19th Street and then get picked up, picked up again on the other side of the river. We have an opportunity to build and extend the neighborhood all the way to the river's edge, bring the river back into the city in the same way we've done in other parts of the district. That's the opportunity, and that's 
that's really what we've got to go after. Mm. Now, you're council member for Ward 6, which is right there, you know, next mm-hmm. to the RFK site. What have you heard from residents? You know, are people kind of still in that nostalgia energy wanting a new stadium or are they saying they want your plan? Well, I've talked with, uh, just yesterday, I was talking to an ANC commissioner, so an elected neighborhood leader uh, in Ward 7, and native Washingtonian thanked me for writing the op-ed and mm. said, I, we remember what it was like. We don't want an NFL stadium here. I heard from longtime D.C. residents, uh, seniors now, that said, I don't want an NFL stadium there. The traffic, the noise, the, the way it just shuts down our neighborhood on Sundays, it's fun to watch on TV, but when you live it, it's actually not what we want. Um, so a lot of neighbors have reached out to me saying uh, that they, they have a different experience of living near the stadium at the time. I have a lot of folks that have reached out that also saying our tax dollars are, are not limitless. Like I, I need you to make good investments. Mm. And so I'm going to be rooting for the team on Sunday. I am excited, but I also don't want you to go spend a bunch of money and dedicate a bunch of land to an NFL stadium that doesn't get the job done. Mm. And so I, that's, that's part of what I think a lot of folks are feeling. No doubt. There's people who would love to see the team return to the city. But some of those folks aren't also in a decision-making capacity of how to spend those tax dollars, as well as to live with the consequences once we do spend the tax dollars. Now, let's step into a dream world for a moment. Mm -hmm. Josh Harris says, you know what? The spirit of the commanders is in D.C. You know, D.C., just give me the land and I will spend all the money to build a stadium. No subsidies, just, you know, give me the land. What would you say to that proposal? I think we still see you're dedicating a massive footprint, right? The land use on top of Metro to sit dark 90% of the year. Still. NFL stadiums aren't small things. They are huge, and they require a massive amount of parking lots to go with them. They will show you all kinds of pretty pictures of there'll be no parking. Um, go find me NFL stadiums that have no parking. It mm. just doesn't exist. It's, it's part of what goes with a stadium. Nats Ballpark, which uh, has a huge amount of fans who get there by transit, still 15 years later has massive surface parking lots all around it right. to accommodate that. That is a challenge from a land use perspective because that surface parking lot is probably the most inefficient use of that land. Uh, I could be building housing. I could put people in homes. I could put a roof over their head. I could create jobs, but instead I'm dedicating parking lots. Look at Landover today. Look at RFK currently with just oceans of asphalt. So even if team said, we're going to just build the stadium, uh, but just give us the land. We would have immense costs from an infrastructure cost. So we would still have to pay a lot of public money to build the roads, build the infrastructure mm. in a deal like that. And around it, around it. And we would be foregoing the opportunity to, to build more city. We would basically be locking in a large amount of land for a not optimal use of our limited land. We are not the suburbs. We, we are not spaces that just have lots and lots of land. We have to be very strategic and smart about every acre that we dedicate. How many people share your view? Do you know? Can you give us kind of a temperature test of where the council stands? I think we're, this is evolving so much. And also, I think people need to take a beat. There's no proposal in front of us right now. <laughs> it's true. Um, we're at the start of it. Yeah, we're at the very beginning of this. And so I think a lot of my colleagues are similarly situated in that they are fans of the team, excited for new owners, uh, excited for possibilities, but also know they've got an obligation to think about how best would we actually move forward. And I think there's a diversity of perspectives there, right? Like a lot of good people can work together and even have disagreements. So Mm. I think that you'll see a diversity of opinions on the council. I think that where the council is uh, is certainly unified is in 
being very excited for new ownership, really excited about the possibilities for the team, really excited about uh, just starting to return some civic pride. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, people have been down on the team for a very long time, largely because of Snyder. Totally. Um, and I think that people are excited about that possibility. And we, we all share those feelings. And um, it's not going to happen tomorrow or next month or maybe even later this year. At some point, we'll have to have a conversation, though, about what do we do with this land? What do we do with a possible stadium? And what would we do with um, an ask for a lot of your tax dollars? Hmm. Well, Councilmember, we're glad you laid out your position here. And thank you for doing it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. We've been hearing from Ward 6 Councilmember Charles Allen. After the break, we're going to hear the other side of the argument. At-large council member Kenyon McDuffie thinks the commanders should build a new stadium in D.C. He wants it bad, and he proves why. Stick around. Councilmember Kenyon McDuffie, welcome to the DMV Download Podcast. Thanks for having me, Luke. So there is an energy in the air with the commanders. We just got new ownership. Everyone's excited about that. And there's legislation moving through Congress that could give D.C. consistent long-term oversight and control over the RFK site. Now, people are psyched that this could bring <laughs> the commanders home. But recently, Councilmember Charles Allen just you know, published an op-ed saying, you know, no. But you've been an advocate for it. So I'd love to hear you know, your response to Councilmember Allen's uh, op-ed just to start. Yeah, so the energy is palpable. It doesn't matter where you go, whether I am at the training camp, uh, with the team. I've got folks who live in D.C., around D.C., who want the commanders back home where they belong in the District of Columbia. And I've been a huge advocate that right here in the District of Columbia, the District of Champions, where we have a, a really a great history of winning sports teams, including multiple Super Bowls mm -hmm. uh, with uh, our football team, that we've got to bring the team home. And so uh, my case for bringing the team back to the District of Columbia is, is really a simple one. The residents would like to see it. The fans would like to see it. And what it does is bring a tremendous amount of economic opportunity to a city uh, and a part of the city that, that really hasn't seen it in decades. Mm. Uh, the same way that the team hasn't been winning in decades, uh, we also, over in the neighborhood in Northeast where RFK currently sits, it's been fairly dormant. And I think the benefit to Washingtonians of having the football team back here, having a stadium here, is that you don't just get a stadium like RFK. You get potentially a world-class economic development project that brings thousands of jobs to Washingtonians and people who need those jobs. It brings economic opportunity to small businesses across the District of Columbia. Uh, it brings access to the Anacostia River, Cayman right. Island, places the right type of focus on the historic Langston Golf Course, given the investments that need to happen there. And so uh, don't just look at this as a stadium that sees eight to 10 football games a year. That's not what I'm thinking about. And that's not what most Washingtonians are thinking about. Mm. In my conversations that I've had, whether I'm at the grocery store or at a you know, basketball game or baseball game, people want to see their team inside the borders of the District of Columbia. They want to cheer for winning football, much in the way that we cheer for winning baseball with the Nats. We cheer for winning basketball with the Wizards and the Mystics. We right. cheer for the Capitals winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, we are indeed a, a District of Champions uh, and a world-class sports city. And, and uh, I think the case is, is one that's stronger than just simply pitting 
a, one sports team against another sports team. Right. So let's get into that. You know, civic pride, I think, is what you're talking about yeah. here. Um, and, you know, Alan said that it's either, you know, you invest in the Caps, Nats, uh, Capital One, Nats Park, or, you know, you invest in a new NFL stadium at RFK site. He's kind of taking the either or perspective. It sounds like you're doing the both and perspective. And you think that's possible? I absolutely think it's possible. I think the possibilities are, are only limited by uh, our imaginations. Mm. And I don't see it as a binary choice. I've been around long enough to remember cheering for those Super Bowl winning teams. And I think the possibilities are really limited only by our ability to work with folks on Capitol Hill to get the property transferred Mm -hmm. to local elected officials to work with our residents to determine what happens there. What I can agree with, I think all of my colleagues on, is that we would like to get you know, Representative Comer, Representative Eleanor Holmes Norton, mm. uh, and the members of the House of Representatives to pass the bill that Representative Comer and Norton introduced. We'd like to get it passed throughout Congress so that we can get that 190 acres transferred to local elected officials. Mm. So we can uh, engage in a process that uh, really has the community involved with it. Right. Unlock that potential, in other words. Absolutely. I think the potential is just really great. I think there are a lot of assets that exist. Mm. Um, that we have not been able to really highlight um, since we uh, RFK really stopped they stopped playing games over there. I think the old design of RFK Stadium is way outdated, and, and nobody should envision uh, simply a stadium at that site and mm. just you know acres of parking. That's not what I see. I see access to you know transportation. I see access to like I said those jewels that exist like the Anacostia River. And there's so many things that in terms of neighborhood amenities that I think residents would like to see that are definitely on the table when you talk about a world-class economic development project. Mm, do you see housing as a part of that new development? Oh, absolutely essential. Okay. Uh, one of the things I hear most from residents is that they'd like to see housing on that site. Mm. They'd like to see you know, mixed-use housing uh, that includes housing for a range of residents with differing incomes, right? So we want some deeply affordable housing at that site right? Um, and to be able to accommodate residents who uh, would like to be able to stay in the District of Columbia, uh, and, and frankly, new residents would like to move to the District of Columbia to, to take advantage of the opportunities that would flow from a world-class economic development project. Now, the new Commander Stadium you know, is situated between Maryland, D.C., and Virginia, three very powerful governments you know, that are probably going to be pining after you know, yeah. Josh Harris's new yeah. stadium. So mm-hmm. it's going to cost a lot of money because mm-hmm. there's high competition. How do you plan to navigate that? Uh, I think we don't know yet. Uh, I think that's a question that uh, doesn't have to be determined tomorrow. Mm. I think the the most pressing issue today is getting uh, the site transferred to the District of Columbia. There seems to be a lot of support for that. And Mm. so uh, I really want to amplify the voices of support for getting the property. When it comes to how to fund the stadium, I think there's some models that we can look at. There are some examples of what we've done in the past with Nat Stadium, with uh, what happened at Audi Field, right. and then look at what you know, a Poland and Poland family and Monumental Sports did with the MCI Center when they first put it there, mm. uh, which they paid for. And you can look at other models of NFL stadiums that have been built around the country as well. And I think there's some lessons learned, but I also think that we're at the beginning of a process. And I think there's more agreement about what needs to happen next around transferring the property. When you start to talk about the details of the stadium, uh, the mayor just uh, made an announcement last week that she's establishing. Uh, a sports uh, office within the deputy mayor for planning and economic development. They're going to do a study. Um, and I think uh, we'll learn something about um, what 
the potential is to have uh, a stadium in the District of Columbia once that study is completed. And I like to be informed by that study before we go down the road of what the cost might be. Mm. Um, anything you do at that site beyond what exists today is going to cost money. Right? Infrastructure to build housing. Uh, if you want to do retail, anything to support our hospitality and tourism industry, which is coming back full mm. steam, hotels, uh, locally, independently owned restaurants that are, are thriving in the District of Columbia, all that stuff is going to require uh, some investment. Mm. And let's pause here and kind of go into the details of, you know, how this land transfer is going to work. You know, it's kind of, there's a lot of red tape. I think, you know, most listeners are going to be like, whoa, like, what does this mean? But can you walk us through that uh, sure. kind of in a layman's term, how that sure. transfer would, would happen, why we have to transfer it? Yeah, no, we already have an agreement with uh, the federal government uh, to utilize the site. But it is a very limited agreement that allows mm. us to do recreation. Uh, we would like to expand that agreement. And frankly, that's what the uh, Comer-Norton bill does. Uh, it would uh, bring a 99-year lease to the site, which extends it, uh, allows for more uses. Uh, you could do uh, affordable housing at the site. Mm. You can do uh, retail uh, at the site. You can build a stadium at the site. Uh, so it gives us a broader range of economic development opportunity at the site, uh, extends the lease, as I mentioned, for 99 years, uh, and really opens up and unlocks the potential of the 190 acres that exists uh, today. Mm. And but just looking, you know, 100 years ahead, would the deal have to be kind of re-upped uh, 99 years? Is that's kind of the process? The federal government owns it. They're not like giving it to the district. Yeah. They're going to giving use over it. Yeah, I'll probably just be around in spirit still paying the team <laughs> on in 99 years. But uh, hovering over the new stadium. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's typically how uh, these things work. Yeah, uh, it, it really just gives the city the the amount of time and the flexibility in terms of uses that it would need to really transform that site into something that. Um, everybody who lives here and all the, the visitors who come from around the world mm. uh, can really be proud of. Mm. Uh, after all, we are the nation's capital. Uh, we are the sports capital of the world. And it's only fitting that we have our uh, championship uh, teams be accompanied by uh, a Super Bowl winning football team sooner or later. Councilmember, thank you so much for giving us your time you know, and sharing your thoughts on this Big deal, basically. Yeah. There's a lot at stake. It's a new day, a new era. We're closing the, the book <laughs> on a, a horrible chapter uh, of, of the Washington football team. Uh, but we're excited about you know, Josh Harris' uh, group. It's new ownership. Uh, we've got a lot of energy buzzing throughout the city. Anywhere you go, you're going to feel it. Mm. It's electric. Because I think people want to uh, hit the refresh button. They want to really get back to the winning ways. They want to remember the nostalgia associated with Doug Williams right. and Darrell Green and all the winning years, Joe Theismann, the Hogs. Um, and uh, I'm excited about that. Right. And have you talked to Josh Harris at all about this? Uh, my conversations with the team have been positive thus far. Uh, I've not talked to Josh uh, just yet, but I understand he's made the rounds in the Wilson building. I happen to not be there when he made the rounds. But uh, he, he has demonstrated, I think, he's going to be a more accessible uh, owner mm. uh, than we've had for the past uh, 20 plus years. And I think there are a lot of people who are uh, excited about the prospect of the new ownership and what that means for uh, winning, because that's important. Right? <laughs> Number one. <laughs> uh, but also just, you know, the potential of maybe bringing the stadium back to District of Columbia. The, ultimately, any resident who is excited about it or has concerns about it should know that any decision that I make is going to be with them top of mind. Uh, the priority is the 700,000 plus residents in the District of Columbia. And uh, I think that there's just uh, really tremendous 
opportunity awaiting uh, once we can get the property transferred mm. uh, to the District of Columbia. Councilmember, thanks again. Thanks, Lou. And that'll do it for us today here on the DMV Download Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like the show, let us know. Give us some stars, rate and review on your favorite podcast platform. This show is brought to you by WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, and 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland. You can also listen online and on the WTOP News app. Have a great week. We'll talk Wednesday.